This is the Gordon Damer Show. Nick fans, you you kind of you kind of owe Tibbs an apology. You have to admit the guy's done a fantastic job. The Knicks have done a difficult thing. They have won while building, and that is not easy to do. And in terms of coaching, how do you judge a coach getting the best production out of what he has available? Because the more the team and the organization tailors the team to the coach, the better they've gotten and the better the production has been. So you you might not like him, you might not ever love him, but I think that a lot of you do owe him an apology. This is the Gordon Damer Show. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Did I say that? The phone number, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but it's 1-800-whatever. On 98.7 ESPN. Your Puerto Rico Nets. I, I, I can feel it. That's a nice, that would be a nice trip. You can have a fun trip. You're on, you're on the, right, the same time zone, all that kind of stuff. You're good to go. What's, what's the issue? You're not Hawaii. I probably like that one the best. Of all the suggestions, Jay from Newark, Puerto Rico is probably, if they're going to move anywhere, that's probably the place to do it. Now, just because you want them, as I well know from my dating life in a previous uh, couple of decades ago, just because you like them doesn't mean they like you. So I, I don't. We, we there would have to be some selling done to convince them that you're the one. But yeah, I can see you being uh, fully on board with that. I can see that. That makes sense. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It's ninety eight point seven FM, ESPN, New York. Um, we're talking about the uh, the Nets. We figured out a way. We have figured out a conversation to have that actually is, is interesting about the uh, Brooklyn Nets, and it is where should they move? Because it's clear after the, the Nick game, and it's been clear for a while, but that one, it, it, was, it was jarring how, how loud the building was for everything Knicks and nothing Nets. There was nothing about the Nets that they just got swallowed up. So we're having a conversation where the Brooklyn Nets should move to. We'll continue to take your phone calls there at 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, of course. Um, Now, Joe, you said I I owe you an apology? For what? For this segment. The entire crux of it. This is for your benefit. If I wanted to see you in pain, I would just say the, the Nets should stay in Brooklyn and be irrelevant for forever, for your entire life. You could be like a, a Detroit Lions fan where your, your, organ, your entire sports life is just in the wilderness. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to be proactive. Well, based off of the James Harden trade, it seems like it is in the wilderness. But, yeah. no, but, I, this, but this is the time to be thinking big. You got nothing else to do. You don't have to worry about the playoffs or anything. I know they're not, not that far away from the play-in, but it doesn't really matter. The you the, you the got playoffs, time right now. This is the time to... To look at the landscape and kind of figure out where the next big move is. Uh, failure is a bruise, not a tattoo. It's not supposed to be something that stays with you your entire life. It's supposed to be temporary, that you learn from it. I don't know if you want to put Detroit Lions fans and a failure is not a, uh, not a tattoo in the same sentence like that. Well, They've well, been hurting I, for a bit. They have. That's what I'm saying. They, they, now, they've come out of the wilderness, but I think that the Nets fan problem in terms of relevance is a is a little bit more set in stone. I don't I don't think that there's really much they can do about that. I don't think that there's much. But we'll continue to take your phone call. We'll look for suggestions for Joe. He, even though he 
this is the thing. When you help people, sometimes they don't see, they feel attacked at first. This is like an intervention for you, Joe. It's for your best. It's, 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 it's for the long run. It's for the best for you. I want to shove my face through this computer screen. I got you. And sometimes that's the way it feels at first. But over time, you will realize it's, it's for the best. It's for the best. Um, Roy and Patterson, I think Roy actually has a suggestion before we move on to the, the Belichick. Roy? Good morning. Good morning, Gordon. Um, yes. I was online thinking about this, and by the way, I love the ideas that everybody came up. The Puerto Rico thing is absolutely fantastic. How about we ship the Nets off to, uh, say, um, Juniper, Alaska? They're still Juniper, on the same Alaska. continent. Uh-huh. So you can do the Alaska Nets, the Juniper Nets, mm-hmm. or we can go ahead and send them to Vancouver, which the Grizzlies vacated. Yeah, we'll see. When did they get your ideas on that one? Yeah, I, well, look, Roy, and thanks for the phone call. I, I, I don't know the, the Vancouver situation. Are, the fa- are fans still disappointed on losing the, 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 uh, the Grizzlies? Like that, that? I, I'm not sure. The Alaska thing, that just feels like you're punishing Joe just to hurt him. I'm not, I'm not looking to hurt you, Joe. I'm looking to help you. I know you don't see it that way right now, but it, it's truly, I'm, I'm only looking out for the best. The Idaho Nets, that's your future. Embrace it. It's not a bright future. Take Especially it if we're going to Alaska. Take it. In. No, I don't, I don't want you to go to Alaska. If you're going to go somewhere that far away, go to, go to Hawaii. Alaska it always feels like Alaska's place that the place people go to run away. You don't want to run away. You want to have your own thing. Now, look, I think that Hawaii, the, the challenge there is, is getting people like if you're in Hawaii, do you want to go to the beach? Do you want to go see a volcano? Do you want to go see beautiful uh, flowers and, and, and nature and all these different things? Or do you want to go watch the Nets? Yeah, drawing things to drawing do. fans might be difficult. Of all the things to do, and if you ever watch the University of Hawaii basketball game, mm-hmm. everybody there looks like they're in prison. Yeah, well, it is kind of like that because they would rather be outside, go surfing, go eat great food or whatever you want to do, go lie on a beach someplace with the ocean waves lapping up, or go watch Nets basketball. I think that might be a tough – That might be a, it's not a tougher sell than where they are right now, but it's still – it's it's same church, different pew. It's it's still kind of the same. All right, one eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the telephone number. I did want to get into the uh, Bill Belichick stuff because that has been very fascinating to watch. And you know, I think the general reaction has been, and I get it because it, we were saying the same thing the other night that him not getting a job, it sounds wild. That here he is, he wants to coach, and he's not going to get the – a guy with his success, six Super Bowls, eight Super Bowl titles as a coach, six with, with New England, he's not going to – it really shouldn't be that much of a surprise based on the parameters he himself has kind of put into it, right? When he leaves New England, he made it clear he only wanted to go to an NFC team. So that takes some teams, the Chargers, the Titans, they're off the board uh, right away. And then when you take a look at the NFC, he was never going to go to Carolina. I mean, come on. That's ridiculous. Uh, I'm surprised Carolina was able to find a coach as easily as they did. If you have other options, you're not, I don't think, going to go to Carolina. Uh, Atlanta seemed like a real possibility. Seattle was always kind of out. You're not going to replace Pete Carroll with with Bill Belichick. So it really kind of seemed like his options were limited 
to either Atlanta or Washington, and that just didn't leave all that many landing spots, never mind the fact the the salary that he's going to demand, the control that he's going to watch, and his age. I know it's not popular to say, but he is going to turn 72 in April. Wherever he coaches, if he does coach, he will be the oldest head coach in NFL history. The oldest ever was Romeo Cronell. He was 73, and he was an interim coach. This is somebody you're hiring at 72. Now, that said, based on how things have gone the last couple of years and the, and the fact that now everything is judged in the moment, there's been a lot of takes that, well, you know, Belichick, he wasn't even that great of a coach. He was, he was really only a defensive coordinator. He's the greatest head coach in NFL history. The greatest, and it's really not even up for debate. I mean, what are we talking about? And it's funny because whenever his when his name came up, and, and it's been in the news the last couple of days, it's been two camps. People who will just simply mention, hey, his record without Tom Brady. What did he do without Tom Brady? And to me, that is a uh, moronic take. The guy's got eight Super Bowls, six as a head coach. He had a dynasty for two decades. But you're now going to judge him because he couldn't win with Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones, and Cam Newton. It really is is that is that where we're going? It's Tom Brady. It's all Tom Brady. Seriously, do you Tom Brady won six in New England, right? Do you think he's like who is the next best quarterback of Tom Brady's career? You'd have to say it's probably Peyton Manning, right? Like of his contemporaries, maybe maybe it's Mahomes, but he's a little bit younger. Didn't didn't face him the bulk of his. You'd say it's Peyton Manning. Do you think that that Tom Brady is four Super Bowls better than Peyton Manning? Do you think that with Brady, with seven, do you think he's six Super Bowls better than Aaron Rodgers? The idea that the Patriots dynasty was built simply because they had Brady and Brady somehow was carrying Belichick is dumb. And I get it. Everything now is dumber. We Everything, every day it feels like things are just getting dumber to a point where um, it, it's just, it's kind of mind-numbing. But we never judge people, coaches, players, on how it ends. We judge them by what they did in their time. So, like, Chuck Knoll, he, I think, missed the playoffs seven of his last eight years or eight of his last nine years, so he sucked. What about Greg Popovich? Does, does, is Greg Popovich, he, he just sucks now? He was just simply a, a product of Tim Duncan? Yes, Bill Belichick is the, the, the great, and I don't know if he'll ever coach again, maybe not. And I do wonder, like, if he already had the record, if he had already passed Don Shula, uh, would he still want to coach, or would he just kind of hang it up after the new, I think he'd probably just hang it up, and it might not even be his choice anymore. But the idea that, I'm open to a lot of different ideas, and I like to weigh them on their merits. The fact now that we're going to say in the moment that Bill Belichick was not the greatest or that he was simply carried by having Tom Brady his entire career is just stupid because it was not like that they just did one thing the entire time. They had a lot of different variations of, of, of offenses, of teams, of everything in his time in New England. And I think that you could make the argument that he might very well be the greatest GM of all time too. If he was the GM and the coach 
of the winningest franchise for two decades. I think that kind of goes in his column as well. And if and if you are of the like of, well, it was just Tom Brady. Well, he drafted Tom Brady, so I guess he's the greatest GM of all time. If that's the if that's the angle you're gonna go with. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, how that music hits that's still fantastic. I, I was stunned when this did not do better when we did our TV show theme songs. Was that two years ago now? I don't remember. That's a fantastic TV theme. So that hit. And can you imagine your your Hawaii Nets taking the court behind that music? That would get you pumped up. I'll never I, look at that theme song the same again. I don't know if it would get you pumped up enough to leave the beach to go watch a Nets game, but still. And, and also, I would think it would probably be difficult to get NBA team. Like, what conference do you play in? It's another... Maybe you stay in the East and you just fly back and forth constantly. I, I don't know. Those are the, the little details. We'll figure those things out. But trying to find a new home for the Brooklyn Nets, clearly they can't, you can't stay here. It, it's not working. There's no fan base. There's no buzz. There's no nothing. You took your shot. It seemed like it might. It was worth a, a, a chance. I hear you. But it didn't work. And, and now you got to figure out something else. So... We've been uh, taking some suggestions on where the, the, the Nets should move to because they, they got to va- It's like a loser-leave-town match back in the, uh, the old days of, of the WWF. I probably shouldn't bring them up these days. But you know what I'm saying. You, you, you hear what I'm saying. But it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Uh, it, we got to get our NFL picks in. I, the show is flying by so quickly. I looked up at the time. I can't believe this has already been two hours. Now, look, Joe and Harvey, and especially Joe today because I've been taking shots at his team and he feels attacked. You are, I'm not the typical host on the station in that you can feel free and do to criticize me on the air at the drop of a hat. I'm not sensitive. I'm not one of these big ego hosts. Has this show flown by today? Do you feel like it's been two and a half hours on the air? No. All right. See? Harvey? Flown by. See that? Even Harvey agrees. I mean, three out of three. That's across the board. All right, hit the NFL music if you got it there, Harvey. If you get... Ah, look at that. Wow, he had it. That was an upset. That's the biggest upset of the day. It is NFL Conference Championship Weekend. Two games, two great games, four great teams, and let's get into it. And and look, the the perfect postseason went by the wayside. We gave it a shot last year. Uh, last week was not good, and the picks during the regular season, I'll be the first to admit, they weren't great either. I've been consistently mediocre the entire way through. Almost seems like it's a me problem. But now that we're down to the nitty gritty, now that we're down to the the final few games of the regular season, all that I have left is my heart. From this point forward, I'm just rooting for me. I'm rooting for what's best for me. So these picks, it's not like I put uh, more analysis into them as a result of the, the bad week last week. I'm just now going with what I, I the future I want to see. Imagine the future. Uh, what do they call that? Um, it's not imagining. Visualizing? I think it's visualizing. Visualizing the future that you want. Manifesting, that's the term I was looking at. Manifest, I'm going to get a manifestation board 
and I'm going to put the things that I want to see happen in the world on there. And we'll start with the first game. Chiefs, Ravens. Baltimore, minus three and a half. Well, look, at this point, no matter where you were when Lamar Jackson got drafted, if you were a fan of his, if you thought that he could work in the NFL, if you didn't think he would work in the NFL, well, that has been decided. He works. He works just, but don't you worry. He works. But this is the test. This is the time. This is the team. This is his best chance to get to a Super Bowl, and we all got to be on board for it because we can't take two more weeks of the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. And for the younger fans, what you guys don't get about how great Michael Jordan was was it felt inevitable. When he got going, when his team got rolling, when he started winning championships, it felt inevitable. And sure, you kind of deluded yourself to think, oh, this time it's going to be different. The Chiefs now, if they're able to win with this group, which is, to me, a a good team with a great quarterback, they will feel inevitable. But I'm going to stick with, I still don't think they are a great team. They were able to do what, they were good enough clearly to beat the Dolphins, and they were clearly better than the, the Bills last week. And the Bills last week, everybody who's pointing at the Tyler Bass field goal, the Bills had lost the game by that point. That was didn't matter that he missed the field goal, really, because there was still, what, a minute 30 left in the game? You're telling me that Patrick Mahomes with a minute 30, I think they had one timeout, but let's say they had no timeouts, a minute 30 left that he was not going to drive for a field goal, really, really? The Bills got outplayed. They got outcoached. So they had lost that game well before that field goal. But this is different. This is different. This is Lamar Jackson time. And the Ravens, I've said before, they can beat you any way they want to on offense. They can beat you playing within structure. They can have Lamar doing things uh, off off schedule. They can beat you with the run game. They can, they can do it all. So I get betting against Mahomes as an underdog and all those. Th- I get it. Give me the Ravens, minus the three and a half. Game number two, last game of the the weekend, Lions-Niners. Well, here's the thing. I I hate the Niners. Niners, they've they've been good my entire life. I grew up with a sister who was a big Niners fan. I was a Dolphin fan. Clearly, she won that confrontation. Clearly, she won that confrontation. I'm the loser by leaps and bounds. And when you look at, if you do any analysis of this game, like what the Niners are good at doing and what the Lions are bad at doing, doesn't really bode well for the Lions that much. Like the, the Lions struggle defending the pass and they have a problem dealing with running backs who catch passes out of the backfield. <laughs> that does not, does not seem to line up well against the Niners team. And, and the Niners, it's, the pressure's on them as well. They've been in this spot. They got a little bit of a pass last year because the quarterback got hurt. But this is the time. They got to get it done. But, you know, I just, I'm rooting for the Lions. Long story, that, that's really all it comes down. I'm rooting for the Lions. They have been a gutty group. That's the kind of team you want to root for. An aggressive team, a team that punches you in the mouth and does all the things that Dan Campbell got criticized for when he got hired, a silly quote, but they're actually doing it. 
Last 29 games, they're 22-7. and seven. And yes, clearly, this could be a Niners blowout. They looked bad last week. They survived that. This could be the week where they just get everything going and they're throwing passes down the field and Debo's there and all those type of things. But I want to believe. My sweet little heart wants to believe that the Lions can cover the seven. So give me Detroit plus the points. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. How do you feel about this, Joe? You like this? Your team's taking the court? Yeah. I like it better than Hawaii 5-0. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, that, I think the more you think about the Hawaii thing, it's not going to happen. You going to go eat uh, pork nachos on the beach, or are you going to go watch a net? No, you're going to go sit on the beach and take in a little... That flight Daquiri. for Toronto is awful. Who's that? Say again? I said the flight for Toronto, awful. Well, back when, when we flew there, you could get a direct flight. It was not always uh, the easy. I don't know if they still have direct flights. Oh, right. the direct Sometimes. flight's 11 hours. It's 11 Yeah, well, I mean, it's flight. far away. Yeah, no, it's, it's far away. But you're, you're traveling to paradise. I mean, there's, you really can't debate that. It's, it's paradise. Like, if heaven exists, I hope that that's what it's like. Me too. It's but tremendous. it takes a while to get there. And some of us, that's as, clo- <laughs> that's as close. That's as close as we're going to get. Let's go back to the phones. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN. George is on the uh, Lower East Side. George, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordon, what's going on? This is George, man. Just wanted to first and foremost peace and good morning to you guys. Um, I gotta say, Dejounte Murray needs to be the target for the Knicks. And with everything going on, they talking about the Lakers are, are swooping in with that whole connection between LeBron and Clutch. If that's the case, then I feel we should just take D'Angelo Russell off their hands and be that third team because he'd be the cheapest choice. We don't have to put in any picks because we're doing them a favor. Um, The second thing I was going to say was, in regards to the Nets, Atlantic City wouldn't be a bad location either. That would be like a a Las Vegas light, and I think with all the gambling and all that, that brings them more money over there as well. So Atlantic City Nets doesn't sound as bad either. Uh, yeah, I, that's kind of two, two Jersey adjacent, they might say. Uh, I don't think that that would, I think they, there's better. I, they got to get out of the area. They, they got to leave town. It's just, there's, there's too much, uh, there's too much history with the Knicks. The Knicks own this area. It's not like other rivalries or other where, where one team's down and the other team, you know, in the Mets in the eighties. Everybody was a Mets fan. I wasn't, but there were. A, would, trust me, going through high school, it was difficult. Everybody was a Mets. Oh, Mets are going to win, win, win. Haven't won since I was in high school, and that was a long time ago. And based on this offseason, ain't going to be this year either. Now, you can tack on another year to that, that long wait for Mets fans. Same thing Jets-Giants. When one, team is re- well, one team's really good and the other team's down, people will pivot. I they're despicable people if you if you pivot. I, mean, I don't know how you do that. But look, it's neither here nor there. You know what it is, though? It is that time, people. It's impossible. I'm just getting warmed up. Full of hijinks. And look, I'm not your friend, so I'm not your friend. I'm your enemy. And educational. You sound like you're a moron. It's what I learned on TikTok, starring Gordon Damer. Yes, people, it is that time. I pushed it back a little bit today because uh, so much was going on. Important and non I mean, we have laughed. We have cried. We've almost kissed three hours goodbye. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff that we have done. Learned stuff today. We've laughed. 
been a jam-packed show. But now it is that time. Yeah, I was listening to the K show yesterday. Michael was talking about how you should never say your age on the air. I didn't know that. I, I do everything wrong. I, as a 53-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app, but it's because I learned such interesting but yet completely useless information. So we've crafted this little segment for Joe, Harvey, a little airtime for them. How it works, pretty simple. I throw them four pieces of information, three of which I've just made up and are not true. But one of the pieces of information sounds ridiculous, but it's true, and it is something that I learned this week on TikTok. Now, Joe was not here last week, and the segment suffered as a result, but eh, he didn't care about us. But he's back this week, along with Harvey. So who is batting leadoff today, my friends? I'll go first. Uh, go ahead, Harvey. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking this you one You owe him a Coke or something. All right, Harvey, you ready to go? Yes. All right, here we go. Number one, Harvey, tropical, tropical fish can survive in a tank filled with human blood. Number two, when in the process of writing a screenplay, Quentin Tarantino will take roughly six to eight showers a day so that he can have a fresh start for new ideas. Number three, Miley Cyrus refuses to sign any autographs in blue ink because she feels that blue ink is, in her words, icky. Or number four, the main contributor to the original Oxford Dictionary, William Chester Minor, was a schizophrenic murderer who spent most of his adult life locked up. Wide-ranging, four different areas to go into. Again, number one, tropical fish can survive in a tank filled with human blood. Number two, Quentin Tarantino takes roughly six to eight showers a day when writing a new screenplay. Number three, Miley Cyrus will not sign your autograph in blue ink because it's icky. Or William Chester Minor, the main contributor to the Oxford Dictionary, was a schizo murderer who spent most of his adult life locked up. Yeah, definitely wide-ranging here. I'm yeah. going to go with uh, the fish in blood. The fish in blood. Lock it in. That's wrong. The iron in the blood, uh, that'll do in the tropical fish. If you, I don't know, I don't know how we know this, but that, that, that's apparently according to the Google. So now you're down to Quentin Tarantino, Miley Cyrus, or William Chester Minor. Yeesh. Uh, I'm going to go with Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Big shower guy. Yeah, big shower guy. I can see that, but it's not true. No, that is actually true it's of wrong. Aaron Sorkin. The screenwriter Aaron Sorkin, he li- he's not a germaphobe. He just likes to get a fresh start, so he feels like taking sh- I mean, Eventually become a prune, right? I would think so. I- maybe they're short showers. Like, I don't shower for more than a minute, and I try to stress that to my children as well. It does not work so far. You- you- if- unless you're working in a coal mine, a minute gets it done. In certain areas. I'm not going to go into you the areas it- right now, but you can do it quickly. You time it out? Yeah, I do. I do sometimes. I, I start counting from 60 as soon as I step in the shower. You know, I let, I'm just giving Miley Cyrus here. All right, Miley Cyrus, number three, doesn't like the blue ink because it's icky. No, it's also false. No, the uh, the, the real one, the, the real one was uh, William Chester Minor. Was uh, he was the main contributor to the Oxford Dictionary, but he uh, he had his issues. He was a schizophrenic murderer who uh, spent most of his adult life locked up. It gave him time to write a dictionary. See, productive. That's what I'm talking about with you, Joe, with the Nets. Take this time. You're in prison. Based on your teams you picked, uh, we could we could throw out some terms about you as well, but take this time and use it productively. That's all. I, I wouldn't draw this type of conclusion for Joe. Okay. Uh, all right, Joe, it's your turn now. Are you ready? Look, you can't do any worse than Harvey, right? 
Let's go. Sometime, one time I'd like to almost just keep throwing them out, like almost have like 10 different options just to see if Harvey does any better that way. Probably not. Lower the season average. Exactly. Whatever a, I can do. Guess, All right, Joe, here we go. Number one, David Bowie loved the TV show Starsky and Hutch. Number two, the first CEO of the dating app Tinder was a guy named Michael Scott. Number three, drive through orders account for almost 93% of total sales at fast food restaurants in the U.S. Or number four, the Denver Airport landscaping team consists of 30 grazing animals, including goats, sheep, llamas, and alpacas. So again, to recap, David Bowie, huge fan of Starsky and Hutch. Number two, the first CEO of the dating app Tinder was a guy named Michael Scott. Number three, drive-through orders account for almost 93% of sales at U.S. fast food restaurants or the Denver airport. On the landscaping team, they have 30 grazing animals, including goats, sheep, llamas, and alpacas. Give me the CEO of Tinder. Lock that in. Lock it in. No, that's false. That's, uh, I made that one up. Actually, the first uh, CEO of Apple was a guy by the name of Michael Scott, not Tinder. I don't even know if Tinder has it. I just put a dating one because he had such issues dating on the show. Uh, so scratch, scratch that guy. He's gone. Uh, so you got David Bowie, uh, drive through people, and Denver Airport. I'm going to go with the drive through I like a good drive through Good drive through Lock, lock it yep. And it feels like it should be higher, right? But no, it's actually lower. It's a 70%. That's uh, incorrect, too. God, Nobody go. You wrong. go into the. If there's a drive-through and you go in, it's like there's tumbleweed blowing past you. It feels like everybody's at the drive-through. People, the workers look at you weird too. Yeah, like what do you do? It's almost like you walked in the back and just started working there. I'm gonna just work the uh, flurry machine, the McFlurry. When it actually works. I'm yeah, get some it fresh it's fries. not very often. There's something going on there. Give All me, right, so now you're down to David Bowie and the Denver Airport. Give Which me David Bowie? Lock David it Bowie, lock it in. Yes, that is actually true. David Bowie and Iggy Pop uh, at one point were living in Germany, and they would go out and party every single night except on Thursdays because they loved the show Starsky and Hutch. Now, I don't know if they they, they – I feel like when I was a kid, we would play Starsky and Hutch, and one person would be Starsky, one person would be Hutch. I don't know if David Bowie and, and Iggy Pop ever played Starsky and Hutch or what that would entail, but for them. But he loves Starsky and Hutch. So there you go. Very good. Good job, Joe. All right, so now we're down to the last one. This one, in case you're just new to the game, uh, we, we flip it. Now there's three truths and one lie. they got to spot the lie, see if they can. I don't know necessarily that we should be making it more difficult, but especially for some people. But here we go. Number one, the Epcot ball cost $800 million to build. Number two, Twitter AOL Messenger and Wikipedia all crashed the day that Michael Jackson died. Number three, B2 bombers have cup holders and a tiny microwave. Or number four, Fidel Castro was devastated when LeBron James left the Cavaliers to sign with the Miami Heat. Are you just toying with us here? Why? The Fidel Castro one, I'll I'll lock that one in. You're going to lock that in? Yep. I'm going to lock in the Epcot Bowl because it's a tremendous... Tremendous sight. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, one of you is right, one of you is wrong. 
Not a surprise. Joe's right. Yeah, no, Fidel Castro was not devastated. When I was going to go with Kim Jong-un there, uh, but I feel like I, I go too heavy Kim Jong-un. You think so? Big I North feel like Korea we're too guy? heavy to Kim Jong-un in this segment. Interesting. In this segment, though. In this segment. Well, we don't bring him up that much ordinarily, I don't think. Thank like God. when we're talking Knicks, there was very little. Kim. We've talked more about Noah Vonley today than Kim Jong-un. But there you go, people. That is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now, whether you want it to or not, because of this segment, you have learned it too. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. A hungry Damer is never full. At this stage of my life, eating is like 90% of my joy. Where he answers the unanswerable. Gotta do something with my hands. I gotta get busy. No algorithm can defeat the GD. Just take it right in the face. Right in the face. Don't worry about it. These are Gordon Damer's leftovers. So I promised earlier uh, the first mock draft from Mel Kuyper Jr., and I like to be a man of my word. Uh, All you need to know is the quarterbacks go one, two, three. He has Caleb Williams one, Jaden Daniels going two to Washington, and then Drake May three. I guess a little controversy there that it's not May and and, and Williams one, two. Uh, And then he has Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the Cardinals at four. As for the Giants at six, he has them taking uh, Malik Neighbors, the wide receiver out of LSU. Uh, I guess the only surprise there, obviously offensive line would be uh, a question there. I don't think that they'll, I think that they will take the best skill position player on the board because on offense, the Giants need basically everything. The Jets, he has taking Olu Fashanu from Penn State. Is that how you say it? Um, and he talks about how he could have come out last year and been a high pick. The only issue I think with the Jets is at 10, it's clear that they're taking an offensive lineman. So if you're a team, much like last year, and you know you want to take an offensive lineman, you have to move ahead of the Jets, and the Bears at 9 with that second first-round pick seem like a very possible situation for a team that would be willing to trade down. They already have the first pick overall. They have a ton of draft capital. It could very well be a, a replay uh, of a year ago. And I guess it's also possible the fact the Jets don't have a second-round pick. The Jets moving down will be a, a possibility. we got a long time to go before the draft, but I did want to mention that. All right, leftovers, guys. Uh, Joe, Harvey, you got anything today? I would just like for the Nets to stay in Brooklyn. That's all I – But why? I like the Brooklyn Nets. I like the arena. I, I... Oh, gosh. See, you see, this is what – this is. Maybe I have a Change problem. Change is hard. He likes the but... arena. But, right, let's root for the arena. There you go. Uh, this is, by now, most people have already given up on their New Year's resolutions because change is hard. I, I'm not going to be uh, somebody to tell you that change is easy. It's, it's difficult. Uh, but you have to realize sometimes change is for the best. It's the only constant is change. I tried to help you, Joe. Let's move to Puerto Rico then. All right. Harvey, what do you got today, buddy? I just wanted to know what these owners and GMs what for their, want for their franchises? Do, they, do you want to hire a 73-year-old coach who's the GOAT at coaching for a two- to three-year window? Or do you want to hire or fire a young coach that might last you five to ten years maybe for a quick do you, fix? Do you think any of the people that have been hired, outside of Harbaugh, do you think any of the coaches that were hired this year are going to last five years? Oh, I, I kind of wish only because the, the the carousel involving doors is a, mm. it's kind of a bit tiresome. Yeah. So, but I don't think so either. 
No. I, I mean, think chances the, are that the answer is no. Some of these just want want the experience and want, are betting on themselves to succeed, but I just think they're in Oh, you got to take the situations. job, right? R- I mean, you get hired by Carolina. You coach one year, you get paid for five. It's a fantastic deal. I would do it. Of course, you I, have it. There's not that many jobs, but... You just said right there, though. Hired for one, fire, you know, paid for five. Yeah, that's a good, de- that's the an deal awful, that I'm looking for. That's it, fantastic. You just go to the mailbox every two weeks, you get a new check. That's fantastic. Stuck in to, raw deals. The fact that these teams didn't even talk to Belichick just shows you there's a reason why they're in the position that they're in. You, you don't talk to the greatest coach of all time, even if you're not going to hire him, at least give him an evaluation of what he thinks of where your franchise is at. It's mind-boggling. All right, that's going to do it for today. We're already out of time. Three hours just flies by every Saturday. Thanks to Joe. Thanks to Harvey. Thanks to all the callers. We'll be back Monday night along with Larry Hardesty. Anita Marks is up next, only here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.